Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist trained in family therapy, and every week I answer one of your real life questions to offer you ideas, suggestions, and support to guide you. Before we begin, I like to take a moment to pause just to get ourselves settled, but also reflect on something for you. Perhaps reminds you of a part of yourself that maybe you don't show most of the time or most days because we're busy in our lives and we don't always have time to do the things that make us feel closer to ourselves. So just have a think. For me, that can be as simple as going for a walk in nature or even booking a time slot so I can go for a swim because being in water always makes me feel closer to myself. So have a think about what that is for you and can you manage to book something in this week? And when you're ready, let's begin. This week's question is about using screens with our little ones, but not in terms of time, much more in terms of safety. Let's have a listen. Hi, Dr. Martha. Before I became a mother, I thought that I wouldn't be a parent who who gives a child, a baby, a screen. And here I am now, you know, two years old, taking her to nursery and sometimes just giving her my iPhone to watch YouTube kids as we travelled into nursery. Yesterday, actually, she she had clicked on something on YouTube and when I looked at her, she was, she was shaking her hands and she, she looked afraid. And when I looked at the screen, there was, there was some sort of like Pinocchio type creature on the screen and she was afraid and, and it actually scared me. And I would love to know an approach to, to limit the amount of screen time she's getting because she gets very stroppy when I say no. So, um, yeah, any advice on that would be brilliant. Thank you very much. Bye. First things first. For me, it's really important that as a parent, you don't judge yourself for the choices that you're making. Okay, we all do what we think is best for our child. And yes, there are things that you may have hoped for or imagined before you had a child that you either would be doing or not doing at all. But then in reality, what we end up doing is what works for us in those moments. There is no evidence that children watching screens is harmful. We have some evidence that it does not help children above the age of two to watch screens because it doesn't support any form of language development because it's a passive activity and little ones should be on the move, exploring the world and interacting with people and objects. So we know that developmentally, screens are pretty useless 
for little ones before the age of two. And I'm going to add some nuance to this because I know as a parent, as an adult, just as a human, that actually screens are helpful to us parents. They sometimes allow a child to be distracted in a moment where we need a break or we need to go off and do something and it keeps them in one place where we know they're safe, they're watching something that's entertaining them, even if it's not giving them a lot of benefit developmentally, you know, a few minutes of a screen is not going to harm your child's brain, okay? It's not gonna do something terrible. Of course, if you're giving your child a screen and they're little and they're watching more than like an hour a day, then I would say over time, the effect of that can be detrimental because that's what we know. And there are some screen guidelines, which I've talked about before on a previous podcast. So do go and have a little listen to that if you're interested in guidelines for how much time children are advised to be or not be on a screen. But for today's question, it feels like the question is a lot more about safety around screens, particularly certain programs, and perhaps also advertising and what to do with that. And one of the things that I've shared previously is that our little one, my child, who is now four, does watch screens, but she does watch them under very protected and supervised conditions. What do I mean by that? I mean that she doesn't tend to watch screens very much, um, and it is our personal choice, and this is no judgment on anybody else whose child does watch screens or TV a little bit more. Our child does not. And the things that she watches are very much um, selected and chosen by us. I am very, very, very selective about what she's allowed to watch. And most of the time it's TV series that I like and that I trust because I have always supervised her watching a screen. So when she started watching them, which was around lockdown, so she was around 18 months to two years of age when we actually started using screens. And I think lockdown's been a big precursor for lots of parents with little ones using a screen. We were all in survival mode. Do not feel bad about this. You know, screens are part of our life and it is about how we find a balance in integrating them with our family life and the things that we want to do with our children. So my little one started watching screens then and we watched it with her at the beginning. So she watches certain kind of cartoon shows that often are no longer than about 10 minutes long per episode. So I can be really boundaried about how much time and how many episodes she watches or she watches films and we tend to call them family films because of course they tend to be cartoons. In none of those programs does she have an advert because we tend to watch them on TV apps where there is no advertising. We actually pay for there to not be any advertising. She doesn't watch live TV She does not watch YouTube at all and she doesn't watch anything else. She doesn't play games on a tablet or anything like that. She does, however, like to draw on our tablet um, and she uses like the paint feature and she's got the little smart pen that goes with it and she very much enjoys doing that. So she sometimes will say, can I paint on the tablet? And if it feels appropriate or, you know, even when we're at home, I will say yes. She often will ask about this when we're traveling, which I think is very appropriate for her to do on a plane or in a car that she's actually drawing, but it is kind of a screen. She is using a screen to do something 
a little bit creative. So that those are my like kind of hard and fast rules, but I'm going to break this down because I think this question is really important and I don't want to make it sound like it's really easy. It's not that easy. And my child has a big protest sometimes when she wants to watch TV, often in the mornings, and we say no, and she'll protest, and she gets very grumpy, and she gets very unhappy. And you know, part of the challenge with screens, and and anything where you want to guide your child, or show your child that you are holding leadership in your home to set the boundaries about what is and isn't okay, is that you need to tolerate their protest. And you need to understand that the protest is, I want something you're not letting me have. And this is very unfair for me. And when that happens, it doesn't mean that you've got it wrong. It doesn't mean that you're doing something bad for your child or you're being a mean parent. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means that what you know and understand as an adult is not how your child is experiencing the moment because they cannot. Their experience in the moment is about their wants and their wishes, which might be, I want more screen time or I want to watch this certain program and you won't let me. And it's okay for you as an adult to feel confident in the knowledge that you have that the choice you're making for your child is for their own good. It's a healthy choice. So when she protests in the morning, I hold that with empathy. I always say to her, I know it's really unfair. Mummy has to make these hard decisions for you and you don't like it. And I get it. You want to watch TV and you're going to be allowed to watch TV. But now it's time for breakfast and we're not watching it right now. I know that makes it sound so easy, but in reality, it is not. And trust me, I seriously do know this. My child is so feisty. And sometimes I know that we're going to land in this place where she's protesting. And I really have to kind of hold on to a sturdy grounding that tells me I'm making the right choice for my child. This is the right choice. Now, let's talk a little bit about safety. I wanted to talk about the boundaries first because I think they're key. And in whatever choices you make as a parent, you need to just hold on to that. You can't avoid the protests for your child. You can't avoid them feeling grumpy or disappointed or feeling like you're a really unfair or even mean parent sometimes. You can't take those experiences away from your children. In fact, those experiences are helping their brain and their social skills grow. I know this is hard, but our brain and our body doesn't learn things that it doesn't experience. So every time your child experiences a disappointment or something they feel unfair with you about, they are beginning to learn resilience. They're beginning to learn the skills of, this is how my body and my brain copes in a moment of disappointment, in a moment of unfairness, in a moment where I want something and I cannot have it because most of us don't get to have what we want when we want it. It's unrealistic, and it's something that as parents we need to hold on to, okay? Our job is not to help our kids have everything they want when they want and make them happy all the time. That is not your responsibility as a parent. Your responsibility is to support them and guide them and nurture them and be there for their difficult emotions. Okay, now I really will move on to the safety bit, (laughs) because I think it's really, really important. And also... One of the things I'm very aware of personally is that I wasn't brought up with technology. I wasn't born with technology. Like 
children now are natives of technology. That's the kind of words we're using. So, you know, technology is part of their environment. It's part of their world. They're born with it. They're born watching adults play on screens. We have our smartphones with us all the time. We take photos of our children on our smartphones. Our children see this as a part of every single day. To them, it's as common as seeing a tree, okay? Like, in fact, it's probably more common to them than seeing a tree, particularly if you live in a really big city. Like, to children, it's very common. They, they know there's technology everywhere and they wanna be a part of this because it's a part of their world. And to me, I'm not somebody who thinks you should restrict everything. I'm not, because I believe in teaching children to be safe in technology. I believe in teaching children how to navigate technology. And I also believe in finding a balance and teaching that through experience with our children, that there is a balance between being in the real world and being immersed in technology. And I think lots of us adults of my age, and I'm going to include me in this, are not very good at finding that balance because we've kind of got kind of immersed in it kind of accidentally at some point in our young adult years technology has shown up and it's felt exciting and novel and new and we've thrown ourselves into it quite deeply I would say and some of us struggle to pull out because we never learned the balance we never had the balance we had the two extremes of nothing no technology and then boom everything at our fingertips all the time so one of the things I think is really key as parents and adults is for us to educate ourselves. We need to start from scratch and really inform ourselves about the things our children are watching, particularly if what we're talking about is apps and technology such as YouTube. We need to get to understand these platforms, not just from, oh, this cartoon looks nice, but actually, what does this platform do? What is it going to share with my child? And what do I need to know, learn, or do to protect my child in this environment? So when they're watching YouTube kids, are there things that I should learn about or be doing to protect them? Because if you don't know about this, you can't do it. That makes sense to me. How, how could you know? You probably didn't grow up watching YouTube kids. So how would you know how it works? Similarly, as your child gets older and they get into things like gaming and video games, which obviously existed when I was younger and I'm a big video game fan, like very big video game fan. And I believe that video games are actually really good for children and they're healthy and they're incredibly fun. And I would definitely not say no to a child playing on a video game. And I will add video games these days, the ones that are on platforms or the ones that are online are very different from good old Nintendo and Sega that you played by yourself or with your friend, but your friend was sat right next to you holding a controller. It is not like that anymore. And if you don't inform yourself and educate yourself about the things that are important to keep your child safe in these environments, then there's gonna be accidents that happen. And I'm gonna call them accidents because your child is not to blame and you're not to blame either. They are just things that you don't know, and I think it's important that we learn. We need to learn from things that happen to other people to say, how do we stop these things happening to us? And the best way to do that is to get informed. So I'm gonna talk about YouTube because this is part of this question, but I'm also gonna offer you some websites where you can learn and educate yourself because I think it's so, so key that you do this, and I can't do it justice here. 
And I'll be honest, I am learning. I'm already beginning to educate myself. My child, like I said before, does not watch YouTube. It's a platform that I feel is unsafe for little ones, even YouTube kids. And I'm gonna say it very black and white. It's a video sharing platform where people create and share videos. But a video sharing platform is also called Instagram. And I don't believe that children should be on a platform such as Instagram or YouTube. And yes, on YouTube Kids, there's loads of stuff and they stream it and all sorts. But what they also do is they put adverts. And I am not okay with advertising to children. And obviously, again, this is something I grew up with. I grew up with advertising on TV. Lots of us did. And guess what? We all turned out okay, didn't we? Most of us. We're okay. We got exposed to lots of adverts, lots of toys. It must have been really difficult for our parents, but that was our life. And now we can restrict that. We can restrict advertising and we don't have to expose our children when they're little. We can wait until they're a bit older and our conversations with them are a little bit richer and more nuanced to have conversations about the things that get advertised. The thing that I struggle with YouTube is that really like it says that you can't have an account until you are at least 13 years of age, but you're allowed to watch it no matter how old you are. And for me, there's a reason why you can't create an account until you're 13 years of age. It's because some of the content on YouTube, including YouTube Kids, is quite grown up and it can be quite scary. It is also very addictive. And some of the videoing, sharing on YouTube, and some of the influencers on YouTube, I think, are not necessarily positive role models for children. So YouTube is something that I don't trust. And in reality, it's because I don't know it. This is true. Like I completely own where I'm coming from in terms of my position. I don't think YouTube is for small children. So I would say not before the teenage years, I would like to avoid using YouTube or letting my child use it in my home. Because I think when children go to other people's homes, it's really hard to restrict things in the same way. But then we can do something different, which is about communicating with our children about what they've watched and what we think about it. And in our home, we are allowed to have rules. So one of our house rules is likely to be that there is no YouTube in this house. And that's just what it's going to be. And some of you might think, wow, that's really harsh. And I like to think that I'm not actually a harsh parent, that my child has lots of freedoms. She has a lot of control in lots of other areas. But I don't think YouTube is one of the places where before she's a teenager and above the age of 13, I will be allowing her to watch it. Mainly because... I don't feel safe around it. And secondly, because I've had so many experiences from other parents that I've worked with around issues with YouTube specifically as an app for children. So personally, I'm going to avoid it, but this is not a judgment on you if you use it. It's not a judgment at all. It is just a difference and different families and households hold different boundaries. And we need to, as parents, one of the things I've talked about before, I think we really need to become more compassionate and understanding of each other, that it's okay to parent our children differently. It's okay to have different boundaries for our kids. It doesn't make one parent better and one parent worse. It just makes us different. So let's go into YouTube and I'm doing some research on it, okay? So this isn't just flying from my head because I wouldn't know all of this. However, to me, 
There are some risks around YouTube that as a parent you need to be aware of. And there is an excellent page on the NSPCC. There are actually several pages on the NSPCC that are excellent for this, which are about keeping children safe online. So if you go to the NSPCC and look for this page, you will see lots of different sections. And one of them is specific to YouTube. Again, as a professional and a clinical psychologist, I'm also going to say this. When websites make specific pages of online safety for certain apps, in your parent mind, what you need to do is see a red flag. Because if this app was completely safe, it wouldn't have its own page, but it does. So it's important. So it's something to flag in your mind, okay? Something that you need to learn, think about, read about. So some of the risks of YouTube are that although you may choose a video for your child to watch, it always suggests other videos to watch following that. And lots of them play automatically. Children may also click on, a, on another video because it looks cute or it's got a cartoon. But what lies behind it might not be cute and it might not be a sweet cartoon. So that's something for you to remember that you can't control the, the kind of advertising of the next video, okay? It's kind of clickbaity. What would you like to watch next? Here are some proposals. And little ones, they can't tell the difference. They just click on colors and cartoons because that's what they do. They're exploring and they're being curious. So just be aware of that because not all content is appropriate that follows a video that you've chosen that you trust. Because the thing we need to think about with YouTube is that it's a channel. They think of it as a channel. It's somewhere where people upload things. There are live stream conversations, which mean people commenting and saying things live. Yes, this isn't always true on YouTube Kids, of course. And yet, the idea of those videos that just pop up, like it did in this question, that is very common. And you have no way of adjusting or stopping that from happening. So here are a few guidelines recommended by the NSPCC and the ones that I would 100% back up. So the first one is, if your child is going on YouTube, try and offer them a supervised experience. Okay, remember that children under the age of 13 should not really be accessing YouTube. That's what YouTube says, but they're allowed to if it's an adult account. But you need to make sure that you set the right parental controls to manage what channels they watch and how long they spend on the app. Because when you set the right parental controls, it allows you to see how much time they're spending and what they're watching. So that can be really useful. I'm not gonna go into the steps of how to do that. You can look it up online. It's got various steps and you can follow them. I think it's really important to also set up the restricted mode, um, but just remember that although it does filter out inappropriate videos for your child's age range, it's not 100% effective. Why? Because YouTube has thousands of videos and some people sneak videos that are of an older content into a younger age group by using certain words and defining their video in certain ways. So for example, they sometimes use words like cute and sweet when it ends up being something quite sexualized. And you might think that the words cute and sweet seem like easy for a small child. So be really aware that although you use restricted mode, it's not 100% effective and you may still have to keep a close eye on your child if it's YouTube that they're streaming. 
Finally, I think one of the best ways of keeping a little one safe on YouTube is to create a playlist and make it private. So what you do is you watch videos, you have to watch them first, make sure they're okay, and then you add them to a playlist. And then what your child has access to is your playlist only. This is one of the only ways that your child will also not get shown videos that might show up. You know, would you like to watch this instead? Because it's a bit like listening to a music playlist. You don't get recommended music and you won't get recommended videos. You just get to watch what is there, what you've prescribed is there. Of course, this takes a little bit of work and some time from you, but I think when it comes to keeping our children safe, it's a really good thing to do. I guess my overall message, particularly with something like YouTube, is that you really should be supervising your children and watching what they're watching when they're watching it. And if that's not possible, like somewhere like in a car, because that's not possible, you're driving and your child has your phone, then I would download episodes of programs that you like and keep them on your phone. So all they can watch is what is there. Because for me, this is the kind of thing that I do with my child. And yeah, she watches the same episodes on repeat and she's fine. She's absolutely fine. Um, but what it helps with is that you can be assured that your child is watching something that you're comfortable with and then they're not going to be exposed to a popping up advert or something else popping up that frightens them or scares them a little bit or is just really inappropriate and you wish they hadn't heard certain language or seen certain images. So just make sure that what when you offer your child a screen and a video or something that they're playing on that you, you have set up the right parental controls and if you're not sure about them that you found a way around it to make it work. So yeah we download things on the BBC iPlayer there's lots of great shows on there that my daughter likes and she can watch any of those episodes on our phone or on our tablet but there's it's not a live stream okay it's just it's a recording that we watch on our tablet so think about that think about what works for you hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Finally, I really want to share the National Online Safety website. If you've not heard of this, it's a great little prompt for you to write it down, go and have a look. Um, it's nationalonlinesafety.com. I will add it onto the little caption here for the podcast. It's got some really good webinars um, for you, for parents, that are on things like online platforms, they talk about identity and self-image, online relationships, but it also talks about things like online gaming, it talks about social media and online bullying 
tons and tons and tons of topics. And it talks about TikTok and Twitter and YouTube. And it doesn't just teach you about the platforms, it teaches you about the risks and the benefits. It also tells you as a parent how you can ensure that your child stays safe online. And it's great because they're all little videos, they're quite short and brief, but they're really educational and useful. It also talks about age ratings, it talks about catfishing, it literally talks about any single topic online that you can think of. And I found it incredibly helpful to share with parents that I work with, and it's had some very good feedback about parents saying, this is great, I've learned things I had no idea about. And that's really important. And if your child is in the early years, this is the time to learn this. See it as a golden opportunity to understand online platforms, gaming, social media, and to get a sense as a parent of what you're gonna do in the future and how you will manage it. Because if your child is in the early years, they're not gonna be facing these things yet, but it is such a useful thing to learn about now so that when your child is a little bit older, you actually feel a bit more confident and a bit more equipped. You've already started some of this learning. If your child is in the school age years, they're already likely to be on YouTube and possibly looking on some social media platforms. There was a really recent piece of research carried out where they talked about children from the age of eight being exposed to pornography online. And it's because they've got access to social media and they're watching these things because they pop up and so kids are curious. You know, it doesn't come from a place of badness, it comes from a place of access and opportunity. And as a parent, you can ensure that your child is protected. And when these things happen, if they happen, that you are able to have an open channel of communication with your child about internet safety, about what happens online that you agree with or don't agree with, and that you can have open discussions about it because that's what's gonna keep your child safe. Ultimately, the thing that keeps your child safest is the interaction and relationship that they have with you. So if what they know is, I watched something and it scared me, or I watched something and I'm not sure it's appropriate, but I know I can always go to my parent and seek some support and seek some advice, then that's gonna keep them safer than them watching scary things and not knowing what to do with it. So remember, informing and educating yourself, it's never too early. And if you're already in the school age years or even the teen years, it's never too late. Absolutely not. I really believe that there is no right or wrong time. It's just the time that you have now. And for me, this kind of conversation is really important. I feel like I've only just touched on the surface. There is a lot more that we could talk about in terms of online safety, but I very much welcome you to have a think about all these things, have a little look online at the NSPCC and the National Online Safety websites and think about the areas where you'd like to inform yourself and learn more. Because if you've got curious about this from this conversation or it's sparked some thoughts about, I need to look into this, that's a really positive thing, like a really positive thing. And finally, I'm gonna end with this because I think it's important. Please don't judge yourself if your child is on YouTube or social media or whatever it is. It's really hard. And like I said at the start, I'm not into like restricting it forever. I think my child is too small to be on those platforms, but the time is gonna come. And so the best thing I can do personally as a parent is equip myself with the tools so that I know how to support my child when the time comes. And that I also know I'm gonna mess up. 
like it's going to happen. I'm definitely not perfect. It's going to happen. I will trip up. My child is likely to watch something inappropriate. It won't be my child's fault. It will not be my fault either. We will have done our best and we can work through it. It's not going to lead to like inevitable harm that will cause damage irreparably forever. It's hopefully going to open up important conversations about online safety that we can carry on possibly for the rest of our lives. So I hope that's food for thought. And we're coming to an end. Thank you for joining me on another Talking Sense podcast. Before I go, I like to give you a little mantra to hold you for the rest of the week. This week, my mantra for you is, I am only human, I'm trying my very best. Never forget that. I recently launched the Confident Parent course a course that I hope will be a companion to your parenting in the early years. It has over 16 chapters and more than four hours of videos, but they've all been put into little snacks of three to six minute videos so that you can just sit down with a cup of tea and watch the things that are important or relevant to you on that day. I have an entire chapter on screen time and thinking about how screen time is not created equal and what that means in terms of setting boundaries and finding the right balance for you and your child. So if you're interested in that, don't forget to have a look on my website, www.drmartapsychologist.com. I hope you have a restful week and I look forward to seeing you next time on Talking Sense. Speak soon. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.